Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Well, hello, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach, coming to you from today, actually, as I'm doing this interview from North Carolina, as we continue our trek northward to uh, the Chesapeake Bay again, and and uh, looking forward to seeing our new granddaughter um, end of the month. And I have a really great guest today who's uh, really familiar and does a lot of work with entrepreneurs in the area of debt and financing and everything in the uh, financial sector. So I'm excited to talk to uh, Mark Willis. Let me tell you a little bit about Mark. He is a man on a mission to help you think differently about banks, Wall Street's abuses, and financial un uncertainty. And who, who doesn't have that or who hasn't had that? After graduating with six figures of student loan debt and discovering a way to turn his debt into real wealth, as he watched everybody else lose their retirement investments in home equity in 2008, he knew that he needed to find a sane way to meet his financial objectives and those of his clients. Mark is a certified financial planner, a number one best-selling author, and the owner of Lake Growth Financial Services, which is located in Chicago. Over the years, he's helped hundreds of his clients take back control of their financial future and build their businesses with sophisticated tax-efficient financial solutions. He specializes in building custom-tailored financial strategies that are unknown to typical stock jockeys, attorneys, <laughs> good word, stock jockeys, attorneys, and other financial gurus. He is uh, the co-host of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast, which is a pretty cool name. You know me and my, my naming skills. So I love it when a name tells exactly <laughs> what it is, and he shares some of his strategies for investing in real estate, saving and paying for college without going broke and creating income in retirement. And um, Mark also works with people who want to grow their wealth in ways that are safe and predictable to become their own source of financing and to create tax-free income in retirement so you don't have to be a greeter at Walmart when you're 90. I just threw that last part. <laughs> That's my normal thing. Mark, how you doing today? Great. I'm uh, happy to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm um, sorry. I'm a I feel a little bit looper than I usually do. It's a little late in the afternoon. And as, as you and I just heard, we had a ferry just blow its horn about 50 feet from where I'm sitting. So that was... Uh, it's fun, but you know what? I, I love to have a good time. You know, I think life's too serious. So if we can have a good time and share some good value and good content for the audience, I think that's a home run. So thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, if, if, uh, if life is worth living, it's worth living well. I like that. Did you, did you trademark that? Cause that's, that's pretty darn good. That <laughs> no, sounds well, very, let's I'm go do that. That sounds great. That's very quotable. So you, <laughs> um, so you got out of school uh, with six figures of credit card debt. And it's funny, as you and I are talking right now, um, I think the show will go live in a couple of weeks, so it won't be buried by this point. But, you know, there's that whole scandal where people were paying tons of money to these celebrities to get their kids in school, in these schools. But then, you know, it, part, of the, part of that whole college thing is you come out with six figures of debt or more. Mm -hmm. And it's, and I think some people think you're just going to make a six figure or seven figure salary right off the bat. So that to me is a, is a huge thing. So when you came out of school with 
there, there will be a question here. I think <laughs> when you came out of school with six figures of credit card debt, like what was your first thing? Did you want to get a job on Wall Street or the Chicago version of Wall Street? Or did you immediately seek the entrepreneurial route? You know, we had uh, six figures in student loan debt and it was 2008 when we graduated with a graduate degree and my wife, uh, her three private school degrees between us and no plan to pay it off and no job to earn an income because it was 2008 and we both had degrees that were liberal art degrees that weren't exactly employable right out of, out of the gate. I did not get a degree in finance. I ended up getting my certified financial planner designations and licenses after college, but we literally left our college days behind us with a mountain of student loan debt. And Sally Mae just felt like, you know, she was living in our second bedroom and taking up all the rent. Uh, oh, it was, wow. it was a nightmare. And we did, we had about a $900 a month student loan payment for us. That was a lot of cash at the time. Um, and so, yeah, all of my uh, instincts for figuring this thing out kicked into high gear. It was like survival mode, Jim, if you can think back to the days of 2008 and yeah, yeah we, we just threw everything we could at our debt. Uh, we got really interested in all things finance. Uh, I started working for a CPA firm in the midst of the Great Recession. That was an interesting insight into stocks, bonds, mutual funds at the time. We didn't exactly give a lot of good news. The, the CPA, who was a, you know, expert in investments and taxes, uh, I was mainly just helping her prepare the tax forms for her clients. But what I was really surprised by was the power of calling up clients in the midst of the Great Recession and saying, I'm sorry, Mr. Client or Mrs. Client, but I just lost you half your life savings. I mean, that's mm. literally for phone calls to folks. Some of these folks were 62, 63 years old. Uh, so, yeah, it was, it was sort of an eye-opening time to be thrown into the front lines of financial planning. I, I definitely remember that. Um, I remember my dad being upset and, you know, just wiped out a bunch of debt and not, not that he was in horrible shape, but I, you know, it's interesting. Did people in that time frame? I mean, the stock market has gone up dramatically. Were they ever, were some of those people able to recover with that growth or were, I guess old, the older you were, the less time you had to recover from growth in the market, right? You know, that's an interesting question. Um, and the short answer is no, nobody is able to recover from a market correction ever. And here's what I mean by that. Anytime you lose money, you have broken compound growth. If that makes any sense. Yes. So as soon as I lose a dollar, it's gone forever. But also gone, Jim, is all that that $1 would have grown to had it not been vaporized due to somebody sneezing the wrong way on Wall Street. Uh, another quick example of what I mean here is, and without throwing too many numbers into a podcast, since I know folks don't exactly, you know, we're not doing math while we're driving down the street doing our podcast here, but imagine our, our stock fund went up 10%. Okay, that's great. And that feels good. Well, what if we lose 10% on that money? So we had a dollar, okay, and we lose 10% of it. That means we're down to 90 cents. Well, what if we go back up 10%? Okay, so we went from a dollar down to 90 cents, and then we gain 10%. Well, we went from 90 cents up 10% to 99 cents. So even though we lost 10% and we grew 10%, we actually are not back to even. Right. We broke that compound interest, if that makes sense. It makes yeah. great sense. It's the down years that hurt more than the good years that help when it comes to um, stock market returns. So I was doing some um, research um, before I um, got you on, and and you 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 have something that you talk about called 
um, why is debt a sound investment? And I thought that's interesting because um, most financial guys, the gurus, and you know some of the well-known people, like credit card is bad, very, very bad. And, I, and I'm not saying it's not, by the way. But when I started my business in 2001, my first business, um, I, I was coming off a year and a half of unemployment. We had four teenagers at home. I also got cancer 12 months into my 18 months. I mean, we were wrecked. I mean, how I ever started business, I don't know. But ultimately, I, I, I bankrolled my early years on the great credit that I had. And, and you know, we're, we are debt-free today, so it all worked out. But so many people are like, oh, you can't do that. You can't do that. Well, I didn't have any other choice. W what do you mean by debt being a sound investment? Well, it's a great, um, it's a weird statement to make, I realize. Uh, and first, I want to just say that I don't mean rack up a bunch of credit card debt and live outside your means and leverage things to the hilt and be in debt up to your eyeballs and so forth. Um, what I'm really getting at is that sometimes you can use debt to your advantage. And here's what I mean by that. What if you were the bank? All of a sudden, debt is your friend. You know, when you're when you're the bank at the local bank down the street, what what is the liability? Well, it's everybody putting deposits in the bank. What is the asset? Well, it's everyone taking loans out of the bank, right? So it's completely upside down from what us consumers uh, typically think of when we think of assets and liabilities, right? When I go to the bank as a consumer, I think my savings account is an asset and my loan is a liability. Well, let's flip that upside down. What if you were the banker? What if you could become your own banker or a banker to other people? Now, all of a sudden, debt is a place for you to grow your money. And, you know, the liabilities are really where you're parking money in some other person's bank. You know, a savings account is a kind of liability. You know, if you think about that for a minute, or if you put money into a 401k, that can be a liability. Let me tell you what I mean. It kind of relates to your story a little bit, Jim. Uh, I was reading in the American Economic Journal, um, that there's something known as a wealth shock. And this is also in the um, uh, Journal for American Medical Association or JAMA. So mm -hmm. these are like peer reviewed medical science studies that were done. Apparently, even if you have a 10% drop in your portfolio, uh, even just a 10% drop in your portfolio, uh, you have a, a higher likelihood of, um, of dying 2.5 years earlier with health problems than those that did not have a loss in your portfolio. Isn't that wild? That is that crazy? crazy. So they did some more digging on this, and this is like a peer-reviewed, you know, science journal uh, that says, you know, a market loss of just 10% can increase your, your likelihood that you will pass away earlier. I mean, so they call that the wealth shock. Uh, and apparently it comes down to the stock market's declines today result in psychological distress, medical stress, and even diagnosis. Mm. Uh, I was blown away by that. Yeah. So, I don't Actually, know if that gets to your question, but. No, it sort of does. And it's interesting, the, not to go too far off the reservation, because um, my sister-in-law um, lost her husband to pancreatic cancer. And it, what she found out, because she suffered from like two years of really devastating grief, mm. and what kind of shocked her, I'll use your language a little bit, into getting healthy and getting through the grief was that she heard that as very often surviving spouses, uh, the grief is so bad for the body and the immune system that they often get sick and die. And she's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to orphan my kids. So she really got healthy. Good for her. And That's awesome. Yeah. So it's interesting, Mark, the, when you say a shock to the system, I mean, I know, I can't, I can't imagine 
what my dad and other people, you know, several years ago, what what's that, 10 or 11 years ago, must have felt when ha half their portfolio was just gone and you think you're all set and like you're, if you're 68 or 70, whatever age you might be, you're like, well, God, what do I do? Go get a job. So yeah, I, I totally believe that shock to the system is, is very real. And there we all, yeah, go ahead. Oh yeah. There was, there was even another study that I was looking into here where it examined patient records from every hospital in California over the last three decades and found a connection between the market's decline, the stock market decline and hospital admissions. Isn't that wild? Especially with things like panic attacks, heart attacks, depression. So I just feel like, why are we putting all of our money in a roller coaster that has so much of a say over our emotional and physical well-being if we don't have to? You know, when I got into, I, I guess you could call me a post-recession planner, Jim. And when I was getting uh, my druthers, I suppose, in the financial services world, I was watching all these people have all these wealth shocks, you could call it. And I just started asking myself, well, what if there was another way? Where is it written that we have to put all of our money in the Wall Street casino just to reach our retirement goals? If you're a business owner, do you really have the same control over the stocks you invest in as you do your own business? No. Right. So what does it mean to go upstream financially, Mark? Yeah, that's a, that's a strategy that we ask folks to think through and consider. You know, it's the idea of, uh, moving not just where you are at the start of your retirement, but to begin to even give yourself pay raises over your retirement year. So, you know, most people have the 40-40-40 rule in their back of their mind. You work 40 hours a week for 40 years, and hopefully you get to live on 40% of your income in your retirement. That's kind mm -hmm. of the 40-40-40 rule that most people, without the, whether they realize it or not, we all kind of are given that mindset when we get our day job, so to speak. And I include business owners in this as well. Okay. Uh, so what if you could start your income at a certain level that gave you financial freedom, a retirement magic number, so to speak. And what if every time you uh, had a year go by, you could actually pay yourself a bit more due to cost of living increases and the expenses of healthcare and so forth to keep up with those expenses and even give yourself uh, a bit of a cushion above and beyond inflation. I mean, you know, again, fixed income from Social Security or from a pension are, are likely uh, not going to solve our retirement problems that most of us have. So going upstream financially just means going uh, against the flow of traditional mainstream financial planning where we put all of our money into some investment that we can't access for 20 or 30 or 40 years like a 401k and instead doing things against the flow, against not your average financial strategies require you to go upstream. You know, so it might be everything from investing in uh, some real estate that you can get a pay raise on by raising your rent on those uh, on the tenants in a stable way, or annuities that give you pay raises every time the, the index grows. It could be going from being a renter to a homeowner to a real estate investor to a uh, to the mortgage again to being the mortgage for other investors uh, so it's a philosophy or a mindset going upstream means going against the flow of what most people say is common financial wisdom so when you talk about the you know not putting all your money in the wall street casinos and and self-banking and things like that is that what you're talking about R putting more money in real estate and other things or mostly real estate 
Yeah, good question. Well, we, we do think that real estate has a part to play in most people's portfolios. Uh, I'll share the, the strategy of banking as a really unique one, but it needs a specific tool to make it work. So we love the idea of being your own banker. You know, what if you could pay yourself the credit card payment you're currently paying your credit card or your student loan or your line of credit that your business might have? Well, that's a great idea, but it needs a specific tool. And that was part of what I really noticed when I was working with some of the clients for the CPA, Jim, they, they, would, they would gloat about how great their mutual funds were doing as the market began to recover, you know, 10% a year, 11% last year, that sort of thing. And yet they were paying a third of their income to debt. <laughs> you know, they were paying their mortgages and their boat and their car loans and their credit cards. And a, you add it all up, it was about a third of their after-tax income going to pay, you know, uh, service all those uh, mortgages and debts and everything. So, you know, the idea of being your own banker uh, requires putting your money somewhere where you can access it and spend it and pay off debts or you even use it as a line of credit to yourself. One of the ways we found works really well, Jim, is using kind of, a, of all things, a modernized form of whole life insurance. Uh, to use as a line of credit for your business. Oh, so wow. how, how would that I'd work? Found that. Yeah, it was, it was out of out of the blue when we discovered it. But uh, you know, so think about it this way: you can use old-fashioned whole life insurance. Really had zero cash value, was heaped up with commissions, and just really was not designed as efficiently as it could have been. So about 20, 25 years ago, they started uh, accelerating the growth of the cash value of these policies. And when I stumbled across this concept, I had never heard of it before, even going through, you know, the licensing and uh, securities and uh, my CFP, I'd never really even heard about this strategy, but how it works in simple terms is you pack money into a whole life policy that's dividend paying, that's designed for massive cash accumulation, and it creates this pool of money, this big capital reserve that you can use for any reason. So if you've got 50 grand in cash value in the policy, you can use that as a line of credit for your business or your family. You can use it to buy your cars or go on vacation or invest in real estate or buy some inventory for your business. And then there is no required repayment plan um, on the policy. You either pay it back to refuel your bank, your policy that is, or you pass away with the loan outstanding and the death benefits just reduced by the loan. Uh, wow. So it's kind of a non-recourse loan that gives business owners a lot more flexibility. So what could an entrepreneur do? Let's let's picture an entrepreneur, a small business owner who's maybe five years or eight years in, doing okay, probably still has a little bit of debt, but not growing fast enough to you know really pay down the debt. Um, and yet they hear uh, folks like me say, you know, let's let's speed up the growth of your business. We should be looking at some form of possible paid, you know, advertising, things like that. And they're like, ah, I got, I got this debt. I got this, I got yeah. that. What would you, that's pretty, pretty easy question. <laughs> Not really. How would you handle that? So they've got a little bit of debt. You're, you're encouraging them to get their word out to let the world know about what they have to offer advertising and so forth. Is that what I hear you saying? Yeah, I mean, they, they're they not making enough where they can throw them, pay down debt. They know they need to grow, and that usually requires an investment. I mean, free marketing doesn't yeah. deliver what I call paid traffic results. So mm -hmm. it's like, what do I do with my money? Yeah, well, you got a couple options, right? Where you put your money makes it act different. And we really try to teach that around here. You know, a 401k or a SEP IRA is going to act different than a savings account 
or a hedge fund or real estate, right? So where you put your money makes it, makes it do different things. As I paid down my student loans, for example, I never accessed that money. That money was gone forever, right? And it's not like I could just, you know, throw two grand this month on my student loan and then be able to access it next month uh, if I needed it for an emergency or, or, for, or for my business or whatnot. And that was the problem, you know, with paying down your debt, you know, first and then beginning to do advertising or then beginning to do uh, marketing or even saving for your retirement you're really having to choose between one and the other. So yeah, what I typically say is, you know, um, what if you could build up this capital or reserve that you could use for business investment uh, or paying down your debt or both? Why not use it for both? And yeah, so for the folks that are starting their business and trying to pay down some debt uh, and needing to grow it at the same time, I'm, I'm uh, here to say you don't have to let your money do one thing or the other you can help it do both and. And that's really what this bank on yourself strategy, as we call it, is really all about. It's pretty cool. Um, I've only got about three or four minutes left with you, Mark. I knew, I knew this would be a good interview and people drive and listening to this are going, oh my God, you're just scratching the surface. <laughs> so may have to get you back here at, at some point. Sure. Um, are there any financial vehicles that can put money, you know, can, can give you money without being taxed in the future? You know what I mean? We're always trying to, well, should we, at, at December, should I pay some stuff off now to you know, lower the profits and therefore pay less taxes? Is, do you do work like that also with your clients? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm not a CPA, although as a CFP, we've done some study on taxes and can give you guidance on that and thought, think through this and then point you toward your CPA for more details, of course. But yeah, again, where you put your money matters. Um, let's say you throw, let's say you speak with an accountant or a CPA at the end of the year and you're trying to figure out how to lower your tax burden, one option is to throw it into a tax-deferred IRA, like a SEP IRA is a big one for a lot of business owners, Simplified Employee Pension IRA. Uh, that does lower this year's taxes, and your CPA gets to keep his or her job because he did his or her duty to lower your taxes this year. But most tax-deferred plans are really just that. They defer. What does that word defer really mean? Well, it means to postpone, right? Uh, you know, so we're going to postpone those taxes for the future when you will be taxed at whatever rate Congress votes on and decides on to take from your IRA at that time in retirement. So yeah, there are other places you can park money that lets it grow tax-free and you have access to it tax-free. Uh, again, this life insurance strategy is one because you know a Roth IRA is the most common one most people think about that's tax-free. But if you make too much as a business owner, uh, you can't contribute to a Roth IRA. Uh, you know, this, this current year, if you're married uh, in 2019, uh, I'm just checking it here, the, the most you can contribute to a Roth IRA uh, is just under, you know, if you make more than a certain amount, you can't contribute to that Roth IRA. Uh, $203,000 a year, modified adjusted gross income this year, and you, you phase out of the Roth mm -hmm. IRA. With life insurance, it's taxed much like a Roth IRA in that you can get all the money out tax-free with no f income phase-out and no contribution limits. So there are some several ways uh, to get money in retirement that's completely tax-free. Awesome. Hey, Mark, I'd love to get you back sometime and uh, we'll go a little deeper on this. Um, if you're available in a few months, I'll, I'll reach out to you. Sounds great. Yeah, and uh, for your listeners, I uh, wanted to point them toward a place we, where they might be able to learn more if they'd be open to that. I would love that. I was, that was my next question. 
All right, great. Well, um, we do a weekly podcast on this strategy and other strategies. So in between our next meeting, Jim, if they want to listen to hear more about this concept, we do uh, talk about it in detail. The show is called a Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Uh, and it's on anywhere you're hearing Jim's show. It's, uh, you can find ours, Not Your Average Financial Podcast. We do have a request a meeting button on our website, notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. If you fill that out, if you fill out the form and mention uh, the, the, the show, the Dream Business Coach Show, or Jim Palmer's name in the notes, we'll be sure to send you a free copy of our book, Compliments of Jim. Wow, thank you. That's a good deal. So what, what, what's the website one more time, Mark? Thank you. Yeah, it's uh, Not Your Average Financial Podcast. We made it nice and short for folks. Just kidding. <laughs> there you go. Mark, thanks so much for being my guest. I greatly appreciate it. It was a good interview. My pleasure. A lot of fun. Thank you so much, Jim. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Mark Willis from Lake Growth. And remember to uh, check him out at notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. I think I got that right. And um, hey, if we're not connected yet, if you're just uh, uh, listening to me via the podcast, you can get the uh, 10 day dream business transformation at getjimpalmer.com. If you want to, if you want to find out more about my uh, mastermind and coaching program, that is dream is coaching dream coaching.com. And one more, if we're, we, I, I do a free uh, Facebook group called build your dream business. Now do a lot of training and check in there every day, actually. And um, that is dream biz group, dream group.com. I think you're seeing a pattern there with the dream biz stuff. <laughs> my name is Jim Palmer. I'm captain Jim Palmer. And this is, Dream Business Radio. Until this time next week, another great episode. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. <laughs> See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.